In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. Nothing that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt. Been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It is Tuesday, December 6th, knocking on the door of the fantasy football playoffs and knocking on the door of the holiday season. The In Between Fantasy Football podcast back with you tonight. Seth Woolcock reporting for duty, joined by the family that's only gotten CYS called them on uh, approximately zero times so far. Congratulations to them. That is Nate Polvote, the tight end collector, joining us now. Nate, how are you as these two seasons kind of come to a head, my friend? Stressed, man. <laughs> it's the holiday season. We're trucking towards the fantasy playoffs. We've had a lot of weird stuff happen in the NFL over the last few weeks that are kind of shaping how we're moving forward with our fantasy rosters, and it's a fun time to be alive. I completely agree. News getting dropped on us every which way. We're going to break down that down tonight in front and center. Then we're going to go back in the day a little bit. Last week, we gave you our fantasy league winners. I had Christian Watson. I had Tyler Lockett. So hopefully those continue to pay off there. Tonight, we're going to give you our fantasy playoff landmines, players that you should be, whether your deadline hasn't passed yet and you can sell them, or finding another option off waivers or on your bench to play over these players moving forward. We're going to talk about that. And then uh, Jen, she's going to be joining us as well as our audio editor, Kyle, for a Christmas-themed game of Would You Rather. Super excited for that. have some really funny, spunky questions in there for the IBT family. And then in the scope, waivers, free agent finds. We're going to get into that as well. I do want to welcome in in the in-between family. Looks like we have Albert locked and loaded as always. He's saying good evening, IBT. Albert, good evening to you, our friend. Good to see you once again. We are so grateful for just the overall growth of this channel this year and the friendships we've made along the way. Seriously, each one of you guys means so much to us here at IBT, and we just want to thank you for that. Um, If you guys are new to the in-between media family, please give us a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the channel if you like this type of content. We're kind of your, uh, your your fresh air of fantasy football, trying to bring a refreshing taste to this game. Um, so if you guys do like us, we are here on YouTube. And you can also check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys get your po- podcasts. The, the, the more you can support us, the better. Uh, we can continue to grow and help you guys win your fantasy football championships. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into it, though, right now with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest Give me another, cause the night is young. At least I so thought. 
just hit breaking news front and center. All right, front and center. First, want to give some uh, due diligence to Brad Bolt. Hey, IBT, he says in the YouTube chat. And then Lucius, back as always as well. Evening all. Evening to you, Lucius. Thanks for joining us tonight, buddy. Nate, let's start with it, man. It was a slew of quarterback injuries either happening this past weekend or announced earlier this week. And it starts with Lamar Jackson. He's probably the biggest name on this list. Suffers a knee injury. Welcome back, Tyler Huntley, to the fantasy football landscape. Nate, we've been kind of seeing Lamar go in a downward direction so far this season. What does this do to you if he does come back? He's week to week. And in the intermediate right now with all his weapons, Mark Andrews and the whole gang, it really hasn't been a friendly fantasy offense almost all season for the Ravens. Well, so we saw it last year when Huntley came in for Lamar Jackson and he elevated Mark Andrews. He made the wide receivers better. It changed the way the offense operated. I think this is good news for those of us who have Mark Andrews rostered and it's been hard the last, what, three, four, five weeks, but his volume will increase with Hundley. Hundley's a guy I'm actually kind of looking at on waivers. And I talked about it in my column today because he has been pretty good when called upon and he's a similar style of quarterback. So this offense is already built for his skill set. I think it. It sucks if you had Lamar Jackson, but if you handcuffed Tyler Huntley, you're probably in as good, if not better shape than you were before. Yeah, you might have been handcuffing him super, super flex league. I don't know how much about a single quarterback league. I think it's Mark Andrews, though. I think he gets the biggest boost here, though, Nate. Honestly, like I think it's a better Mark Andrews we might get. 22.2 PPR points in the four games that Tyler Huntley started last season, or excuse me, five games. So we could be getting that again, maybe not, um, but it's hard to trust. Like we finally see, uh, we, we, we finally see Devin Duvernay break back out this last week, but you can't trust him. Every time I've played him this year, he's burned me. So I don't want to trust him. Gus Edwards, he got to start this last week as well, Nate, and kind of let fantasy managers down. A very disappointing performance from him. Kenyon Drake continues to eat up the snap share, but not really putting up fantasy points unless he is the only back there. So hard to trust him as well. And now J.K. Dobbins could possibly be added back into this equation as early as week 14 here, Nate. So how do you feel about the Ravens' backfield? Are you interested at all? Does this make them more relevant without Lamar Jackson and his uh, really great legs for that offense? I don't know that it necessarily does because Huntley is just as mobile against green Bay last season. He had 13 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns. It was his first start in relief of Lamar Jackson, or I'm sorry, second start in relief of Lamar Jackson that season. So I'm still nervous about this backfield. Like you said, Kenyon Drake's eating up all the touches, but he's just, there's just nothing to show for it. Fantasy wise. Gus Edwards keeps being a disappointment and we don't know what JK Dobbins we're going to get. I mean, we've seen him very sparingly over the last now almost two seasons. If you've got him rostered and you've had him stashed on your IR, maybe let it ride this week, see what he does, but likely you're going to be dropping him in week 15. Yeah. I, th I think overall right now it's Mark Andrews in this offense you yeah. can ride with. And if you want to pick up Tyler Huntley, he, he did have a 40 point, you know, game last year. So nothing to, to sniff at at all. Um, sorry for Lamar Jackson managers. Hopefully he gets back soon. Jimmy Garoppolo, Nate, he suffers a broken foot out for the regular season. It was originally reported he'd be out the entire season. Today we just got some news that he could be back in seven to eight weeks because it's not going to require surgery like initially thought. 
How do you feel about this offense moving forward? George Kittle been super inconsistent all season, shows up some weeks, doesn't show up at all other weeks. Brain Ayuk, he's had back-to-back wide receiver four games after really a wide receiver one season. Debo, he's going to get about 10 to 12 points. Other than CMC, does this change anything for you? Not really. I mean, Purdy was efficient. He was 25 and 37, which for your first NFL action ever, being Mr. Irrelevant, no less, in the NFL draft, I think he's serviceable until Jimmy G gets back. This is a good team, and he's lucky to have all these weapons around him, and it looks like he can succeed with them. I don't think it really moves the needle in any direction for any of these players. I feel the same about them going into these final weeks of the season that I did the last two, three weeks. Okay. I guess I go down just a little bit for both of them. Maybe not 100%, but uh, I, I do struggle a little bit that maybe we don't see the, the big Ayuk we've seen earlier this season. Same thing there with uh, with Debo. I mean, we haven't really seen the splash from Debo. Um, so Nate, Nate's saying, you know, keep your composure. If anything, though, Nate, I think this makes Christian McCaffrey possibly a great league winner mm-hmm. because he's going to be utilized even more with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's... If you have him, this just makes you happy. You're not going to go out and acquire Christian McCaffrey at this point in the season. Yeah. Unless un- unless you've got a team that's like at the bottom of the league with CMC, which I don't know how that's possible. But if you've got him, you're very happy with this news. But that's about it. So I, I think for Dynasty, it probably means more. Just mm-hmm. because like I was in a position two weeks ago in a Dynasty league. I have Jonathan Taylor and CMC in a league. Didn't think I was going to make the playoffs. Was thinking about selling which you know one of them off. Just to, I wanted Brees Hall. I wanted a you know a future first. Trying to get get a little younger there. And now I'm in the playoffs thanks to CMC this past week. So now I'm considering you know do I keep both these guys? Try to go win a title. So I think those are the questions you're going to ask yourself. Um, but let's move forward here to Matthew Stafford suffers a spinal contusion. Baker Mayfield then signed off of waivers. This is crazy. Like this feels like (laughs) fantasy football here. You know, you lose your quarterback. All of a sudden Baker Mayfield, a really solid quarterback is available. The Niners did not put in a waiver claim. So they do feel pretty good about Brock Purdy is what they're telling us, Nate. Um, But Baker Mayfield, I think the Rams kind of did it despite the Niners a little bit for like getting CMC earlier this season. But overall, man, like does this change anything really fantasy wise? in redraft here because the Rams have been just abysmal all season long. No, it definitely doesn't. Not only have the Rams been abysmal, but Baker Mayfield has been abysmal. And you could almost argue that this offense has less weapons, which is crazy than Carolina has right now. Now, now, right now with where he's stepping into might actually be a worse situation. And we saw how bad he was in Carolina. He's not going to start this week. We know that he just got to the team. He, he maybe is at team facilities this evening, meeting the coaches and whatever. But week 15, he probably starts. But I don't see a reason, even as like a just in case, to roster him in fantasy. No, I, I, I see no value. And really, like, other than you can hang on to the running backs in, in Los Angeles, I don't have high hopes for either one of them, but they are starting running backs. So you kind of have to hold them. But like, I, that's a really good point you made there, Nate, is like, I would rather have DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall Jr. than Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, and that whole gang in Los Angeles. Same with the backs. I'd rather have Foreman and I'd rather have, uh, you know, rather have Hubbard and Foreman over, over Akers and uh, Kyron Williams here. I'd even rather have Blackshear 
honestly. Rasheed Blackshear, when he's played, has looked good. Yeah, it's uh, it's abysmal there. We have Brad saying Rams haven't rolled out starting Baker this week. Yeah, and I think that's a Thursday night football game as well. So if they play him, you st- that's just you want to stay away from that game at all, like all yeah. means necessary. I absolutely agree. We, we have DD in the chat saying, hey, IBT family, just letting you know, doing a small live this weekend um, with your T-shirts on. Big shout out. We appreciate that, DD. She's been repping Love the it. T-shirts. We, we got that merch over there. Appreciate that shout out there. Um, and then Kenneth Walker, Nate, he suffers an unusual foot strain rolled, not rolled out for week 14. So he could play as quickly as this week. DJ Dallas also injured. That would be who I, you know, me, I love DJ Dallas. Dallas. So, so I would have been saying, Oh, let's go. Let's roll Dallas out this week. But if Dallas and Walker out this week, Carolina, pretty decent matchup. Any interest in Travis Homer? He got over double-digit fantasy points, two for 45 through the air, plus one touchdown, Nate. I mean, hey, why not? If you're kind of streaming running backs right now, trying to get through a bye week or something, go get Travis Homer. I mean, if you're in a situation where you're like, I'm going to get Travis Homer and start him this week, you probably don't have a lot of other options, so you just might as well. Yeah, I think he's rosterable. Carolina and Kansas City are really nice matchups for whether it's Travis Homer down the stretch or whether it is DJ Dallas or Kenneth Walker making their way back here. Um, we don't know a lot about this injury. Pete Carroll never tells us a lot about this, these injuries, no. Nate. So uh, we kind of just have to brace for it. But I think, you know, I, I think we caught a break here a little bit as fantasy managers, which is really good to see. Um, Let's go ahead. Aaron Jones. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this because they do have a bye this week that I think he's going to be able to get right for. But Aaron Jones suffers a shin injury used very sparingly in the second half. However, Nate, I'm still rolling him out here, even if he's less than 100% when he comes back here. I mean, he's been a walking 10 10 plus PPR points last month, been really solid. Rams, Miami, Minnesota on the other side for him, my friend. Yeah, Aaron Jones is playing decent. I mean, in a season where we're not getting production out of some of these bigger names, Aaron Jones has at least been consistent. You know what you're going to get from him every week. And even if he's a little bit dinged up, I don't really care. It's Aaron Jones. Yep. I, I agree. C- couple things catch up here in the chat. Um, the Seahawks signed Wayne Gallman to the practice squad. Albert telling us um, Tony Jones, Jr. I'm guessing it's Tony Jones, Jr. Also in Seattle right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of floated around a little bit since leaving the saints. Um, and then we have Steele in the chat saying that stash is dope, man. Hey, let's go, baby. New tide, new tide for the kid here, rocking the stash still, Nate. Um, what do you think? How do you feel about the uh, about the stash? Well, it's it's a mustache. Wow, no love for that. No love for the stash from Nate. Um, I don't know, man. They just weird me out. Steele's oh. Steel staying nice Cordell Stewart jersey, Nate. Yes, sir. Former Pittsburgh Steelers. Check out my column today. I wrote a little bit about Cordell Stewart, so you might like that. Yeah, absolutely. Good shout out there. Um, appreciate that, Steele. Jalen Waddle plays through a leg injury, but only scores 1.9 PPR points. Does this one concern you, Nate? He came back into the game, but wasn't very effective on the day. Tua was kind of off on the day in general. Chargers, Buffalo, Green Bay, New England, a really nice schedule down the stretch for him outside of New England. Wide receiver nine so far this season. Are we downgrading Jalen Waddle at all with this injury, Nate? Well, the injury is clearly a concern, and it's clearly going to hurt his production as long as it's lingering. I am a little worried. I do like the Green Bay matchup in week 16. I 
kind of like the matchup in week 17 because New England hasn't been great against wide receiver twos. They've been really good against most wide receiver ones, not so much the wide receiver two, which is Waddle in this offense. But if his injury lingers, they're just not going to use him as much. You're going to see a shift to maybe Trent Sherfield getting more uses, which we saw last or this past weekend. So, yeah, yeah, if it lingers, I'm definitely concerned. Yeah, and Tua got a little banged up in this one too. So yeah. I could see them being a little conservative. They they have almost a playoff spot locked up already. So we'll see what happens. But I think I'm just downgrading him maybe from the wide receiver one Jalen Waddle normally is to a wide receiver two. Yeah. All right. That will about do it here for the top of the show with front and center. We're going to jump into the back in the day. And then here just a little bit later on, guys, Jen's going to join us as well as Kyle for some uh, Would You Rather Holiday Edition as well. That's going to be really fun. So stick around for that. Let's go ahead and jump into back in the day. They ain't make them like this way back in the day. You took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. Right. This is back in the day. This is where we look at previous year's histories and compare it to what we're currently seeing inside the fantasy football landscape. Today, we're talking fantasy football playoff landmines. So these are players we are suggesting you avoid down the stretch here, whatever means necessary, whether that's trading if your deadline hasn't passed or finding another option that you can also have on your roster. Before we jump into that, looks like we have Mr. Scampers in the chat saying, also, good evening, IBT Beauties. Hey, we appreciate you, Mr. Scampers, as always, our friend. Um, Nate, let's uh, let, let's start here with your first comparison. Who are you worried about down the stretch, and what data have you pulled from in previous years? So I'm going with Geno Smith, and I'm comparing him to 2019 Russell Wilson. It's kind of lining up perfectly where through the first 13 weeks of 2019, Russell Wilson was the overall QB4. He finished the season from week 14 on as the QB 18. There was a massive fall off. He had one good game and he put up a stinker where he, I think put up 12 fantasy points, 11 fantasy points in the championship that season. It wasn't good. Now, Geno Smith is QB seven through week 13 weeks of the season. He's got a tough set of matchups here in the fantasy playoffs. They've got San Francisco. Then they've got the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the Fantasy Championship Week 17 is the New York Jets, which hasn't been a good matchup for anybody this season. Similarly, Wilson had the Rams, the Panthers, and the Cardinals in years where those defenses were all very good in 2019. I know it feels like years and years ago, but the Cardinals were really good that season. He had a decent game against the Panthers. The other two games were just, he couldn't do anything. And I see a similar path here for Smith. He's been so good. And not that he's going to be terrible. The team's still going to win. But for fantasy purposes, I think there's a fall off coming here in the fantasy playoffs. That's very interesting. You kind of lay out Geno Smith here because like the schedule's hit or miss for me. Like like this week, you kind of have a layup here with the Panthers, but it could kind of be a low scoring affair. So like I'm I'm not excited to play Geno, but he's still QB1 in most people's rankings. 
the 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 49ers, that's the one I can't get my head around because the pass rush is great, but Gino's also been the number one quarterback in accuracy rating under pressure as well. So I think he can carve up the 49ers. Their secondary is not that good. The Chiefs, I'm not really worried about either. The Chiefs is a really nice matchup. But the championship I am concerned about, 100%, Nate. So I would be looking for another option on your team, um, especially for Week 17 there, if you make it that far. But I mean, Well, the Chiefs secondary, to be fair, has been better. I know they got kind of cut up by Cincinnati, but, I mean, that's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They haven't I, been as bad as they were early in the season. I'm not going to say they're great. I get your point, but dude, that, that fantasy championship match against the jets is brutal. Like yeah. that's one that could see, you could get to the championship and that could completely sink your week. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I would definitely be rostering another quarterback. If Geno Smith is my QB heading into playoffs, regardless, I'll pivot now to my uh, first landmine and guys, it, it's no surprise. You know, I've kind of been harping on it quite a bit throughout the season based on, on these numbers, but it's Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, I'm comparing him to 2021 Kyler Murray, 2020 Kyler Murray, and 2020 or 2019 Kyler Murray. Because guys, call it a fantasy playoff drop off, call it the Call of Duty drop off, whatever you want to call it. Um, there is an issue with Kyler Murray after week number 12. In 2021, last season, 3.9 point drop off per game compared to the previous 12 weeks. 2020, a 10.8 point drop off. So very steep. That was very steep. He had didn't have Hopkins for some of that stretch as well. So he was really down that year. And then his rookie season 2019, which again, it feels like ages ago now, um, put in a year of COVID in there too, but six points, um, a six point drop off. So every year he has a drop off after this time in the year. No Zach Ertz right now. I, I'm concerned about that. Rondale Moore remains a question mark. Hollywood Brown, he is back. He looked productive, had over eight targets in his last game. However, I'm concerned he could get hurt again. So I'm worried about that. The Cliff-Kyler relationship, it's rocky at best. Four and eight record for the team. So like overall, before we even talk matchups, Nate, like that just, all that together sounds awful. Well, I don't even feel like we need to talk matchups because this is who Kyler Murray is, man. Call of Duty Kyler at it again. And then there are, like you said, Obviously, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury don't see eye to eye. So something's going to have to change next season on this team. Don't know what it's going to be. We always think we know, and then they do the opposite. So no point even like con with conjecture on this. But for the rest of the season, man, I'm looking for other options at quarterback. Because I'm not, I'm not riding on Kyler Murray to take me to a championship. Because if I do, I'm probably going to lose in the first round. And, and like, I, I think it is important to talk about this because Kyler Murray just had a, one of his better games of the season last time out before the bye. So I think people are ready to rip him into the playoffs. But New England, that, that is first on the schedule here this week for him. They're 12th on the season against quarterbacks, 13th in the last four weeks. So both times they've been pretty solid against him. Denver. I don't really know what to make of Denver's defense anymore. They've gotten worse lately, 22nd against the quarterback over the last month, but third on the season still. Tampa Bay, 11th and 14th for them, so they're right in the range with New England as a better matchup. I don't want to attack. And then 23rd for Atlanta. That's the championship week for uh, Kyler Murray. They're 23rd on the season, so a good matchup, but 7th in the last month, so not a good matchup. So they're getting better, Atlanta. So those are all defenses. Like none of those are smash plays at all here, Nate. So uh, I'm worried about it. 
Yeah, uh, you have to be. History plus what we're looking at on the schedule, it's concerning. I don't like this Arizona offense right now. Outside of James Conner, who's still had some value. Kyler Murray hasn't been good. Kingsbury's scheme makes no sense. He falls off every year around this time. I mean, this is spot on. All right. Before we jump forward, Nate, with our next ones, I do want to bring up this question from Yeet Man. What's up, Yeet Man? Thanks for uh, joining us today, man. Love the Steelers icon. Go Lurs, baby. Um, Should I trade JT for Swift? Man, all of a sudden, people are back on Swift, Nate. It didn't take long. Last week, you and I still weren't on him. He did come out and prove us wrong here. But down the stretch, the Colts have the Vikings, Chargers, and Giants. So no defense. I'm running away for running backs here. How do you feel about Jonathan Taylor um, rest of the way here? I'm okay with Jonathan Taylor, and I'm more okay with Jonathan Taylor than I am with DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift has Jamal Williams, who is sniping touchdowns and is going to continue to snipe touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor doesn't have anyone like that in that offense. So I wouldn't make I wouldn't trade JT for DeAndre Swift. There's no way. The only the only thing is maybe he needs a running back play this week, perhaps, because JT will be on bye. So if you're looking for a running back this week, I wouldn't I wouldn't want Swift. I would rather have Jamal yeah. Williams still. Like I I, I just mm-hmm. think Jamal Williams equity is is there. Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears for the Lions coming up. So it is a pretty nice stretch of matchups outside the Jets there, Nate. I don't mind it, but like it's risky, man. Like that's what you got to realize. Yeet. Like that's risky. Before last week, Swift came out and had a lot of touches last week, but before last last week, it was uh week one, last time he saw 12 plus touches. So can you really trust it, Nate? It, I, I don't think I can. I can't. I just can't. I we want DeAndre Swift to be something. I love the fact that he had 21 points, his second highest fantasy output of the season against Jacksonville. Great. Is it going to happen again? Probably not. However, can Jonathan Taylor put together a string of 20 plus point games against Minnesota, the Chargers and the Giants? I think he can. Here we have Yeet back in the chat just saying, I, I just don't trust the, the, the terrible Colts offense. And I get that, man. I completely get that. Mm-hmm. But the, the Lions, they have a great offense, but dude, it's, it's a two headed monster back there. I'd be looking to get a different running back, not Swift. If you want to trade Jonathan Taylor and get out of the Colts business, I totally understand Try to package him with something. Move up. Can you get a Saquon Barkley? Can Is the Kenneth Walker manager panicking? Maybe wait on Walker a couple days. Let's hear more about this injury. But maybe attack the Kenneth Walker manager. Um, there's a lot of other running backs I think I prefer over DeAndre Swift, Nate, rest of season. Yeah, I. if you can make, if you're looking to get a bigger name, I mean, kick the tires on Derrick Henry. Why not? Maybe the Nick Chubb manager is out of the playoffs. See if they're interested in dealing Chubb. Go after Ramondre Stevenson. People aren't as high on Tony Pollard as they should be. Yes. These are all players I think you can get. And maybe keep JT if you've got some other lower-end running backs you can maybe package together. And and if not, like, if you were going to trade for Swift, get something else back with it too. Whether yeah. that's another running back for insurance or whether that's a receiver, Jonathan Taylor's worth more. He he's had a couple decent games here. I, I know it wasn't great um, on, on national television this last week. So we understand you complaining and uh, wanting to get out of meat, man. But uh, he, he says he has ETN and JT. So yeah, I mean, I'd be looking to upgrade, man. I'd be looking to upgrade somehow there. Um, try to get in that top tier running backs. If you can, honestly, go that, get that. Jamal Williams. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I would actually prefer Jamal Williams over, over, but I, I don't know if I'd put, 
Jamal in that top tier. I'm, I'm more talking about like the Eckler Saquon tier. Fair like, enough. You know, God, um, if you can get Austin Eckler. Yeah. Yeet, man, we appreciate the question though, man. I uh, hope you subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. Continue in with the questions, guys, if you have any. Nate, I'm going to go ahead and move forward here with my next pick for my fantasy landmine in the playoffs here. And this is a story of inefficient running backs on bad teams is what's coming, guys. Cam Akers this season is 2020 Todd Gurley. That was the Atlanta Falcons season with Todd Gurley. Gurley was the RB29 on the season for the Falcons. Down the stretch, though, he had he had a couple big games right before their Week 10 bye, four TEs in three games. I remember I like almost wanted to go trade for Todd Gurley there, Nate, because he was doing so good at that stretch. But if you did, he never had another game of double-digit points, passed up by the younger players on that team, still behind a bad offensive line, and he just ruined him. Like, like You got burned if you tried to play Todd Gurley in your fantasy football playoffs in 2020. Cam Akers, same thing, guys. I know we're getting excited about Cam Akers here, Nate, but he, he did see a season high in carries and TDs versus Seattle, but he still just averaged 3.5 yards per carry, and Seattle's the number one defense in the last month to running backs. So, like, he should have done better. Like, like that's like 65 yards is not on, I think, 17 carries was not, like, what you wanted from him. Look, Cam Akers stands are looking for any reason to be excited about Cam Akers, and I get it because I used to be a Cam Akers guy, but we have to be realistic about what he is right now. He's a guy who's coming off a torn Achilles. Deontay Foreman has been fantastic, but he tore his Achilles in 2018, 2019. So Cam Akers could be relevant someday, but it's going to be another two to three seasons before we see him have any chance of popping. You're going to get these occasional nice performances, but like Todd Gurley, you're going to get him trying to go, go into the fantasy playoffs thinking you're going to get these like 20 point games. And you're going to get five. Well, I mean, look at who Cam Akers is this, this season, eight, seven targets on the entire season for Cam Akers, 3.3 yards per carry. The offensive line is still atrocious. Baker Mayfield's probably the quarterback moving forward, so he's not going to get a bunch of dump offs like he did from Stafford a couple seasons ago. The team's three and nine, guys. Like, like they need to see what they have in Kyron Williams here yep. as well down the stretch if if they want to get a running back this offseason. So just stay away from Cam Akers. Like I know people, if you're desperate for a running back and you need him this week, oh go ahead. But I don't want people getting too crazy, Nate. I'm I'm afraid people are going to get too crazy because it's the name. Yeah, don't don't get crazy. I mean, if you've got him on your roster already, wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. And then if he becomes viable and you think he might pop off week 16, week 17, sure. But that's really unlikely. So don't go out and try and roster him at cost after this performance. I 100% agree. Got a question here from our guy, Lucius. Playoff start for me this week. Oh, cool. A little early playoff action for Lucius. Um, would you prioritize James Cook or DJ Dallas? Well, I'm not 100% what DJ Dallas's health is right now. Um, maybe our guy Kyle in the back end could give us a status update on DJ Dallas. I think James Cook has more long-term value here, Lucius. And if you're making a run here, I think you can do it with him. I mean, and the floor is just going to be way, way bigger. He, he's had 11 targets in his last two games. So I would be really interested in adding James Cook this week. Nate, how do you feel about this question here? Uh, it's James Cook without question for me. He has more, like you said, you put it perfectly. He has more long-term value. This is a guy who is steadily involved in the offense. He's putting up decent fantasy points every week now. His usage, when he's on the field, he's touching the ball. And what else do you want out of a running back? 
You're and not going to get anything better than that. And this week in particular, he is playing the Jets, which are a better defense against running backs compared to some. However, their cornerbacks are sensational. So I think Josh Allen's going to need to dump the ball off a little bit to James Cook here. I like James Cook. If you can make room for another another Seattle running back, Maybe sit, wait till waivers run, see what's going on out there, uh, Lucius. But look for DJ Dallas and also be looking for uh, Travis Homer, who we kind of touched on earlier as well, because Homer's going to be the receiving back even with DJ Dallas in there for a lot of it as well. Yep, exactly. All right. And uh, we have here from Kyle that Carol said he's a high ankle sprain or high ankle injury. Not much else. That's DJ Dallas. Thank you for that information, Kyle. So if it is a high ankle sprain, and again, Pete Carroll does not tell us jack shit, guys. So I apologize about that because it's always frustrating trying to deal with Seahawks injuries. Um, But if he has a high ankle sprain, he's going to be out multiple weeks. So definitely prioritizing James Cook, but wait till the waivers run. If you need to add another Seattle Seahawks running back, Travis Homer, I think, would be the play here in week number 14. Yep. Here we have uh, Abrar asking, thoughts on Rashad White? I don't think he looks that good, but exceptional pass catcher. View him as an RB2 or flex. He moves back into the low-end RB2, high-end RB3 flex discussion for me, Nate. Just with Leonard Fournette back, we saw Fournette involved a lot more in the passer game, passing game. And Abrar, I mean, he's shown explosiveness at times, White. He didn't pop any off against the Saints defense, which was a little bit, you know, disappointing. But I don't think we need to panic at all. Um, I put him right on that RB2 flex flex borderline. Like, to me, Nate, somewhere in that RB22, 26 rest of the season. Is that where you're at? Yeah, I think so with Lenny back. If Lenny goes down again, however, I think he creeps into that high-end RB2 category. Yes. But for now, yeah, I RB22, RB26, flexible for sure. 49ers this week, so I don't love the matchup for him here. Probably more of a flex this week, but then the Bengals, lower end RB2. Cardinals and Panthers, though, you can fire him up in those two games at the end of the season. I think have some confidence. He's a playmaker for them, man. Like, that's what I'm going to say. Like, they don't have a lot of playmakers outside of, like, Mike Evans hasn't looked like himself outside of Chris Godwin and a little bit of Mike Evans. And Lenny, like they don't have much. So, uh, I mean, how many targets to freaking Kate Auden see this weekend, Nate? A lot. And I loved it. It was so great. Um, the other thing I will say about Rashad White, which you need to take into account, is who did Tom Brady throw the ball to with under 10 seconds left in a game where they had to score a touchdown? Yep. He hit Rashad White. That's big trust from the GOAT. Yeah. Only 3.1 yards per carry, and I think that's where this question comes back to. But just trust the process here. Rashad White's a really good player. He's shown it to us. Um, But also Leonard Fournette, I think he's back in the flex radar as well. Here we have Lucius with another question. From a defense, would you prefer Titans, Ravens, or Patriots this week? Ooh, okay. Looking at the NFL slate here, Nate, how do you feel about um, NFL Week 14 coming up? And uh, first we got the Ravens. Was that the first one for him here? We've got Titans, Ravens, Patriots. All right, we got Ravens against the Steelers. That's a fine play as always. It is in Akashire Stadium, so it's going to be a little bit less to uh, the Ravens fans. Mike Tomlin was locked in this week, was declining some interviews um, over the weekend. I don't know if you saw that, Nate, trying to get a fan was trying to get a fist bump. Mike Tomlin said, no, thank you. Titans against the Jaguars. I think that could be a little bit fluky. I don't think I'd want to go there. And then the Patriots. The Patriots are playing the Cardinals Monday Night Football how do you feel about this, Nate? I think I like the Patriots matchup 
because what we just talked about, Kyler Murray is about to fall off a cliff like he does every season. And New England's probably the place it starts. I mean, this defense has been very good. How many points did they give up this last week? It was a lot, though, I thought. Okay, no, only 24. Only 24 on Thursday mm-hmm. night. So, yeah, man, that's – I think it depends what you need. I think the Ravens still have higher upside maybe a little bit, but the Patriots are always a safe a safe play there. I just don't know if I – like, there's a chance you could go in and get roasted on Monday night, you know? Uh, no, no, I don't, because I don't think Arizona has a shot in this game. They're 4-8. and eight. They're awful. Bill Belichick needs to win this one too. The critics are getting loud right now. So yeah, I think you might've convinced me, Nate. I I think I might go the Patriots here too. Um, I I like the question there. Here we got our guy, Zach Hugh back in the chat. Good to see you again, Zach. Um, Rashad White or Jamal Williams rest of season and this week full PPR. So we just kind of talked a little bit about Rashad White. It's not a sexy matchup this week against the 49ers for him. Um, Nate, how do you feel about him or Jamal Williams against the Vikings this week? The matchup's in Jamal's favor. He's been a touchdown clinic. He's automatic, man. I'm taking Jamal Williams. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, he is the main back there. I think Rashad White, Rashad White might have more upside, but like, he could also just be, you know, a mid range RB2 rest of season if Lenny is healthy. And that's probably what's going to happen. So, like, Jamal Williams has been an RB1, Zach. Don't discount him at all. He does have the Jets on on the other side of this game and then the Panthers, which I really like on uh, Christmas Eve. So, Panthers, and then he ends with the Bears on New Year's Day. You got to love that matchup against Chicago as well. Um, definitely Jamal Williams rest of season, but really good question. Abrar, we, he's saying he appreciates the insight. Absolutely, man. We appreciate the question. I think you're subscribed to the channels already. So we appreciate you doing that. Um, hanging out with us again tonight, Nate, let's move forward here to, uh, to your final, uh, uh, landmine who we should be avoiding rest of season. So I went way back for this one. I went all the way back to 2015. I'm going to compare Isaiah Pacheco. Kansas City Chiefs rookie phenom running back with 2015 Denver Broncos running back C.J. Anderson. It's oddly a very similar kind of arc where in 2015, Anderson wasn't heavily involved in the offense, but he was involved enough or he was scoring like 5, 10, 12 PPR points. But then in week 12 against San Diego, he had 31 points. PPR points. He had 113 yards and two touchdowns and he had four catches for 40 yards. Pacheco's a slightly different in that we've had two straight weeks of 15 plus. So there's just confidence built in, but then CJ fell off a cliff. Nothing. He had six points was inactive against Pittsburgh three points and then 12 points in the fantasy championship, which is, not what you were going for if you rostered him after that 31 point performance. Pacheco's got Houston, Seattle, Denver for the fantasy playoffs. That week 15 matchup is great. We might see Pacheco pop off against Houston because they've been so bad against the run. But then you've got Seattle and then Denver in the fantasy championship in an offense that throws the ball, much like CJ Anderson with those 2015 Broncos. They were a throw first team, they had Peyton Manning. They were very, very good at throwing the ball, ran it less. That's what the Chiefs do. I feel like this is just a similar outcome here. Pacheco long-term, nothing like C.J. Anderson. But these two seasons just kind of line up for me. 
I I like the call here. I do really I like the matchups against the Texans and the Seahawks. So I think those could be really good. Like those are as good as they get for running back. So that's the only reason I'm I'm a little worried that Pacheco could um do what you know be be maybe a league winner. Maybe not a league winner, but I think oh. he could I mean, dude, I think he finally got involved in the passing game too. Like that's what we wanted to see finally. He, he kind of. He had two targets. But he caught that's both not, for like six sure. yards. Like I'm he, pretty sure that's like more receiving yards than he's had all season. He has caught all six of his targets this season. And he had more rushing yards in week 12 against the Rams or receiving yards. He had 17 against the Rams in week 12. I get it. I see where you think he could pop off, but dude, look at look at what Kansas City is. I mean, I'm this not is not a run first team. And Jarek McKinnon went off. <laughs> he, yes, Jarek McKinnon looked really good. Averaged over six yards per carry this last week. But the Chiefs were pretty balanced this last one out, Nate. Like, between Pacheco and McKinnon, there was uh, 22 carries. Patrick Mahomes only threw the ball 27 times in this last game. So, like, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go for more of a balance. I worry this one could come back on you. So, I'm not going to support it. But I do like the I like the analysis either way. Well, thanks. It's not going to come back on me, but I appreciate your concern. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, here we have Mr. Scamper saying Jet McKinnon ain't going away. That is a good Dude. question, man. This is when Jared McKinnon heated up last year as well. So absolutely could be possible. Um, Jet won me 200 bucks on Sunday, man. So there we go. Um, oh, oh, CJ was heavy. Mr. Scamper is also saying Zach kind of just want to tie up here. Um, is Jamal still the lead back? Swift got more work and, and was that game script or what was that? I don't know, man. I don't. I, it's hard to read into what Dan Campbell does with these running backs. It, yeah. Same with Matt Patricia when he was the head coach there. They kind of used them in a weird variety of ways. Um, however, like it's been one is one game, Zach, and like first time, like I said earlier, first time he had over twelve t- touches since week one. So it was encouraging to see it for Swift, but I still don't think I still don't think he's the lead back. Um, by any means, maybe he has a little bit more upside occasionally, but Jamal Williams is steady Eddie, man. He's been a RB one this season. So don't discredit Jamal Williams, Zach. Um, I think it'll be really sad if you, if you let him go. So here we have one from Abrar encouraged by AJ Dillon, or is it just smoke? Okay. Good question here from Abrar. Um, how do you guys feel? How do you feel about it, Nate? Because AJ Dillon He's been awful this entire season. He was one of my league winners to begin the season. I was absolutely off on that one, so I do apologize for that call, guys. We did see him pop off here, though. How do you feel about it, Nate? I think part of that was Aaron Jones' injury only played two snaps in that second half. You know, I think they're going to start using A.J. Dillon a little bit more because they think Aaron Rodgers is delusional and thinks they might have a shot at the playoffs if they can keep winning but it's hard to trust it. I'm not trusting it. I think more than likely it was just smoke. Yeah. I, I don't want to trust it. Like I think he's a guy worth rostering, but he's not someone I'm trying to put in my starting lineup each and every single day. So hundred percent agree with them guys. Keep the questions coming. We'll be sure to answer those on the other side. We're going to go ahead and jump into our next segment, a fun little game of would you rather.
Would you rather? We're going to jump in here with the audio editor extraordinaire, Kyle. Um, but before we jump in, this is kind of a little bit of a lifestyle break. We'll talk some fantasy football questions rest of season as well here. If you guys are new to the channel, please hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel for your dose of feel-good lifestyle advice with your fantasy sports analysis. Kyle, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Seth. Thank you for asking. I'm happy to be here as always. Happy to post some Would You Rather for the boys here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Boys night here on the IBT podcast. Let's go ahead and jump into this first one, Kyle. We are in Christmas season, so I think you prepared some Christmas style questions for us in addition to our fancy football talk. Oh, yeah. That's the lifestyle theme this week is going to be some Christmassy stuff. Tis this season. So let's get into it. Our first question here is going to be, would you rather be put in a home alone situation as a kid or a Christmas with the Cranks situation as an adult? Okay. So, Nate, have you seen both these movies before? I've never seen Christmas with the Cranks. Okay. I've seen parts of it, but I don't think I've ever seen the like all the way through. So the plot of this movie is pretty much... They weren't going to have a Christmas. Their daughter was away. She wasn't coming home. So they were going to book a cruise and like they kind of act. He, uh, Tim Allen, it's Tim Allen, right, Kyle? Yes. Okay. I have seen he it. Kind of acts like a I Scrooge a little bit. Like, yeah, doesn't I have do seen a lot it. of the put up lights or anything. And then I think Christmas Eve, he's told that his daughter's coming back. So he has to do a whole, plan a whole Christmas party. They have a huge like Christmas Eve party the night of. Um, so super stressful. I don't think I'd want to do that. But then the Home Alone situation, you know, everyone kind of knows that. So, Nate, what's your thoughts on this? I'm just going to – Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie. And that is because I always wanted something like that to happen to me. So I'm taking the Home Alone. Kyle, how how do you feel about this, man? Would you rather deal with that stress as an adult, last-minute party planning, or uh, do the Home Alone thing and uh, take care of the sticky finger bandits? No, uh, number one, it's the wet bandits. Number two, I would absolutely choose Home Alone in a heartbeat. Uh, no question. I've, like Nate, I've been preparing for that my whole life. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> right? Not only would I pick that, I want that. So, yeah, Christmas with the cranks, no. Yeah, he also gives his cruise tickets away to his neighbor at the end, which is very nice, but still, it would be hard to do that. So, I'm with you guys. Sorry I got caught up on the sticky finger bandits. I've been hearing too much about Brett Favre lately and kind of made me think of that, (laughs) you know, what he's doing down there in Mississippi. Wait a second. Weren't they the sticky bandits in Home Alone 2? Uh, You might be right. I think you lost. They were because what's his face? Joe Pesci's character had that sticky glove that was like a tape glove. And he like picked, he'd like steal stuff from people with his little sticky glove. There we go. There we go. We have Eric here in the chat before we move on, guys. Do we think Hollywood Brown is a good start this week? Nate, how do you feel about old Hollywood? You just recommended not uh, not going after – or you recommended playing the defense, the Patriots, against the Cardinals on Monday night. So how do you feel about Hollywood Brown against uh, that great secondary? I do not want to start him this week. No start – yeah, I would prefer not to. Like, it was a lot of targets last week, but – like depending who your other options are, I would be considering something else. I think it's very risky against the Patriots secondary. They get did get toasted a little bit at times this last week, but still not a huge fan of it. Um, question here for Mr. Scampers. 
tacos or tortas um what are what are tort can, can a you torta is a, a torta is a sandwich it's made with a specific type of like mexican bread that's okay delicious and it's, it's just a sandwich it's kind of like a you you put your meat on and your vegetables you smother it with a little bit of sauce boom sandwich i think i'm gonna go torta because that and that, fantastic. how do you pronounce that meat that he's put there barbacoa barbacoa don't you guys have chipotle yeah but i've never gotten the barbacoa Seth, get the barbacoa it's really good what, it's what good. is that a pork it's like a barbecue is it banging yes it is good Fair all right good. all right well you guys and mr scampers are putting me on here um yeah. She, uh, okay. So he's saying, or should I just ask my wife what she wants? Probably that. Yeah. Probably yeah. that. Yeah. I'll probably do that. But I've actually never had a tortoise either. So I'm actually, I need to try, I think that and barbacoa here is what I'm learning. Did you just um, say tortoise? I don't, how do you say it? Torta. Torta. But there's an S at the end as a silent. Well, note? he was saying, he was saying tortas. Oh, okay. Okay. Tortas. okay. Hey, Seth, great. Question. You are a journalist. <laughs> You have a journalism degree, bro. Yeah, I'm from. I'm from. Yeah, I've obviously not a very cultured one. <laughs> Appreciate the question, though, guys. I, we love the lifestyle questions, so keep those coming as well. Um, here we have Zach with another question. He's got the number one priority tonight, and he's heading into the playoffs. First round by the number two team just lost Lamar. Should I pick up Huntley to block him? Other QBs available: Mike White, Purdy, Carr, Tannehill, Goff. So it doesn't look like super deep. Um, Nate, how do you feel about this move? Because he wouldn't face the number two team likely until two weeks later. It, you know, at this point, he'd have a bye this week, might not face him the next week. So it, it'd be a very long-term play. Do you think he should use that roster spot? I think it's risky because we don't know how long Lamar is going to be out. We know he's week to week. So that you're assuming he probably doesn't play for the next two. Then sixteen week sixteen and seventeen could very easily be back to Lamar Jackson. So I'm probably going off over towards a guy who we know is going to start. Um, Goff would be my first choice. Then probably Mike White, Carr, Purdy, and then Tannehill last. Yeah, I wouldn't want Goff. Yeah, I man, that's that's a tough question. I would like ask like. How, how who's your other quarterback that depends for me like That's if you actually point. plan on maybe playing him i'd consider it but i'm not going to use the number one waiver priority heading into playoffs like you might need that in another week a running back might pop up that you might need more who else is on your waivers are there is zonovan knight out there so there's some other good running backs james cook that's what i'd be considering more using it on someone you might be playing in a couple weeks um yeah he has burrow like, like you're not I probably wouldn't burn the number one priority then, Zach. Like, I don't no. think I I, I want to do it. Like, the chances of you playing that guy too, like Lamar might be back by that time if you're if you're the number one seed. I think that's what he yeah. said he was. So, um, really like the question though, Zach. That, that's a really good scenario though. Um, here we got one from uh, Abrar. Is Justin Fields matchup proof? Plays Philadelphia Buffalo in fantasy playoffs. First and seventh toughest defenses against quarterbacks. Nate, how do you feel about your boy Justin Fields? Um, coming back off injury here you know he just gets it done in so many ways i do kind of feel like he's matchup proof like you can't really scheme against justin fields because if you try and stop him from throwing the ball he's just going to run the ball and try and stop from running the ball he's gotten much better in the passing game so yeah i think you can play him in those matchups i think you're just fine and 
who else are you going to start? Are you going to go out and get Jared Goff off waivers? Like, I just don't know that there's someone you're going to play over him at this point. It's really tough. It's really tough unless you have another elite option to get away from him. Who that's and that's Philadelphia and that's Buffalo. Philadelphia has been top. I mean, top of the line against quarterbacks on the season. Top four over the last month. And then the other option there is Buffalo. They've been a little bit worse to quarterbacks. So I'm definitely not. Yeah, they've been like more towards the 20. Like they've been a plus matchup the last month for quarterbacks, yeah. Buffalo. So I'd be excited to play him against Buffalo. Um, if there's other options out there uh, against Philadelphia, I'd consider it for sure. Um, all right. Want to tie a couple of loose ends here. Um, first, we got Scamper saying Home Alone 1, Wet Bandits. Okay. Home Alone 2, Sticky Bandits. So, all right. We had that. I think, Kyle, you had that right. Or, Nate, you had that right. One of you guys. It was um, And then... Mr. Scamper saying, I use brisket and bottom round beef. Treat yourself, Seth. Absolutely, man. That sounds really good. I'm getting hungrier by the episode as we go along here. Um, Zach saying that no Zonovan or Cook. I could pick up DJ Dallas or Homer. I'd look to pick those guy, one of those guys up after waivers run, Zach. Don't burn that number one priority for one of those guys because we, we don't know. This could be nothing for Kenneth Walker the third, or it could be everything. We really have no idea. Um do you guys think Deshaun Watson will play better than this? Oh man, what a what a roller coaster game that was, Nate. Barely any offensive production at all. Donovan Peoples Jones runs one back on the return game. Browns get a couple defensive touchdowns. How do you feel about him? Week eleven, it is it is the Bengals here, so it's not going to get any easier right away. Bengals playing some of their best ball of the season. And then he has the Ravens, who hit or miss defense all the time. Then goes to the Saints, which they just showed up here last week, and then the Commanders. So not really a good schedule for Watson down the stretch here. So I tweeted last week, just because you can start Deshaun Watson this week doesn't mean you should start Deshaun Watson this week. I got shit on by roughly 200 Browns fans over like a 48-hour period. And it was fine. They were just telling me I was an idiot and I didn't know what I was talking about and how stupid am I. Maybe I should watch football. And then Deshaun Watson – only outscored two starting quarterbacks this week. John Wolford, Kyle Allen wasn't one of them. I'm just saying. Yeah. And it wasn't, it didn't even, here's the thing. It didn't even look like rust. It looked like he was uncomfortable. He was uneasy. His form wasn't there. A couple of those throws, he man, like it didn't look like he remembered how to throw. Like he was nervous or like the pace of the game was throwing him off and he couldn't connect with his receivers. He was bad. It had to be somewhat of a head thing too, though, because like he's playing in Houston, like the NFL set him up for failure in that first game. Like if you wanted to play him last week, you were on drugs. I don't know what you were on, but you know, I don't know. I don't think I want to be on that, but it was something, something good. That's I'll I'll for sure say that man. And I do think he'll play better. He's going to get better down the stretch, but I'm still not excited to, play him or roster him at this point, unless I'm in a two QB league, I really have no interest in Deshaun Watson. Well, I think I just think it's so crazy. Like, okay. He had three straight seasons where he finished as the QB five. Okay. That's, that's great. That was two years ago on a different team that needed him to be that guy more than Houston, than Cleveland needs it. He'll get better, but I don't think, I think we need to put a cap on where we really think Deshaun Watson finishes. 
Like, is he a QB one tier? I don't think he is. No, absolutely not. No, I think I, I think like he's going to be lucky rest of season from here on out to be a mid QB two. Like, I think that might be a little much for him. And like, guys, he hasn't played with this team barely at all. Like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper, they're used to Jacoby Brissett. The whole entire offense struggled. Houston's a terrible team too. Like that's the other thing. Like this was a garbage organization they're going against. Even more garbage than the Browns, which actually – I actually have more respect for Houston than I do the Browns at this point, but just garbage organization all around. And they couldn't take advantage of it. It will get better, but it's not going to be good. So don't, don't be resting your head on Deshaun Watson rest of season. There's still some value with Amari Cooper and DPJ. Cause it's not like Brissett lit the world on fire either, but I am concerned, man. Like Nick Chubb even had a horrible game against the fucking Texans, man. Right. Well, and he's going to lose this locker room very quickly if he doesn't start putting up numbers and helping this team win games because everybody else in the team's looking at this guy, $250 million guaranteed. You need to produce. If this keeps up over the next two to three games, he's going to lose that locker room. And then Cleveland's going to have even bigger problems. Uh, he might've already lost it. He might've never had it to begin with. That's, um, I Mr. Scamper saying he's been practicing with the, the team for the last three weeks too. And it's a good point. Like he has gotten some reps with them recently, um, but didn't translate. He'll get better, but it's still an ugly, ugly day yeah. there. You guys can keep the questions coming. Kyle, how about you keep the questions coming here as well for us? Yeah, let's get, let's keep it rolling with another fantasy question. Uh, would you rather have Alvin Kamara, Samaji P- <laughs> p ryan p ryan samaji p ryan or zonovan knight for the rest of the season man this is a fucking doozy of a question here um nate how do you feel about it kamara coming off double digit or single digit fantasy points in four of his last five he has a bye this week atlanta cleveland philly so really nice matchup against cleveland atlanta so so philly don't really want to go near that but Cleveland, that's a golden matchup for running backs here. P. Ryan, Mixon could be back soon. Um, he's been sensational. 30, 19, and 21.5 points over his last couple. Cleveland, Tampa Bay, New England, Buffalo. But is he just a second string? And then Zonovan Knight here, Nate. Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. No practice for Michael Carter last week. So he might not be back in a, for a couple weeks yet. 20 touches for Bam. 55% of snaps. Six yards per carry. I'm probably going to lean Zonovan Knight because I think he has the clear role to significant usage the rest of the season. Whereas Samaj P. Ryan, while he's been great, if Mixon's back and healthy, this is Mixon's backfield. And we know that's going to be the case when Mixon comes back. And Alvin Kamara has sucked, to put it bluntly. He is just not getting involved in the offense in New Orleans, and it's a real bummer. But I think Zonovan Knight has probably the highest ceiling of these three, which is really Wow, I feel weird saying that, but I think it's true. Man, I don't think I could trade. I don't think I could trade like Kamara straight up for Zonovan Knight. However, like I'm not excited to play him except against Cleveland. I think Cleveland could be a game where he goes out and wins you a week. Like I do think that, and I don't know if Zonovan is going to win you a week, um, but he does have Seattle in the fantasy championship as well. I'm just worried Michael Carter might come back for that. So, in a vacuum, it's still Kamara, but I could be. I would listen to deals for Zonovan Knight in a package, which is crazy. But I still think I want Kamara, though. It, it's as crazy as that saying. Um, Brad Bolt in the chat saying, "Give me Bam Knight." So, really good question there. Here's one from Eric. 
um, James Cook or Hollywood Brown this week. Wow. So we, we've already kind of ripped on Hollywood Brown a little bit. Patriots Monday night football, the bills this week, Nate, how do you feel about James Cook and the bills against the jets? We already kind of talked also that he could get, see some more passing work as well. Well, and I think he will see some more passing work and I think he'll see, see a little bit. I mean, he'll probably see right around that 14 carry mark, but I, I think he'll see six to eight targets. This is a really good secondary, and Josh Allen's going to look to be dumping the ball off a little bit more, and Cook's been that guy. It's not Devin Singletary. So I would take Cook over Brown this week. Yeah, I think if, you, I think if you're looking for a floor play, I think James Cook has it right now. So I would probably go – unless, like, the rest of your lineup's got awful and you need, like – some Hollywood, I think, can get you more points. I But I think his floor is also way lower, which is crazier to think at this point when he just saw eight targets. But – you don't know what, what's going to happen there on the Cardinals Monday night football game against the Patriots. Really good secondary. So, yeah, I'd go James yep. Cook here, I think, most likely, unless you need a huge, huge ceiling play. Yep. Um, all right, Kyle, what else you got for us, bud? Yeah, our next question is, would you rather drink just Christmassy beers or just eggnog at your Christmas parties? Oh, I hate eggnog, so... Kyle, have you ever had eggnog? Uh, not that I can really remember. I don't. I think haven't so. either. I don't know if that's just like a tradition that's like fading away. But like I've never. I even since I've been like aware of life, I feel like I've never been to a party that's had eggnog. So like I would like to try eggnog. Christmassy beers like just aren't my thing, though. Nate, how do you feel about them being a little more mature than us? That's a nice way of calling me old. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got so, like beers on us, bud. I don't mind Christmas beers as long as they're not like, don't give me like a cinnamon beer. D- don't give me a nutmeg, like yeah, yeah. something. <clears throat> but like if you get into like some of like the Christmas porters, Breckenridge Brewery out here has a Christmas ale they put out every year that's fantastic. That kind of stuff I'm fine with. Here's my thing with eggnog is it's basically a bunch of super unhealthy stuff that tastes like cinnamon and nutmeg. Mm-hmm. I don't like cinnamon and I don't like nutmeg very much at all. Gross. Boozy milk. Uh, yeah. I, Boozy I think milk. I like and this question too is saying you have to just drink one of them. So it's going to be hell either way because like you're going to get filled off the beer or like you could throw up on the eggnog too, which might not be so good. Kyle, how do you feel like this? I know you kind of like some different beers. Um, are Christmassy ones of that variety? So I, I don't really know that I've had too many Christmas themed beers. Have you had Matt, Matt Elf by Trogues? Yeah, that was the one I knew you were going to name. I have not had it, but, uh, so this is a completely uneducated opinion. I love hot chocolate with milk, so I'm going to say, give me a creamy eggnog. Okay. Because I like that. <laughs> nice Do you care that it has rye milk? It's got care. egg foam in it? That makes it thicker, Nate. That's gross, Kyle. I... I think I'm like at least like maybe okay. you can like chug one of these Christmas beers like 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 slam one and like walk away for a while like I think there's ways to get around the Christmas beers like being so heavy and like some of them not being that good 
Um, so I think I'll take the Christmas beers. But Kyle, I respect your opinion there. Um, I like yeah. cinnamon. I like nutmeg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested in the eggnog. I'd like to try it. I just wouldn't want to drink it for you know the whole day. Um, Mr. Scamper saying both. He says, "Give me the brandy and eggnog." <laughs> all right, all right, man. He says, "Then beers. I'll mix it up. I'll mix it up enough." All right. Oh, Mr. Scamper's right. gonna get sick. He's in for a party, that's for sure. Brad saying, "If they are my two options, give me water." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a not a bad one. Not a bad option there for you, Brad. Kyle, why don't you take us into? Uh, let's do one more. Let's jump to our last holiday question here, Kyle. Absolutely. So would you rather visit Christmastown, USA, McAddenville, North Carolina, or New York City this time of year? All right. Nate, have you ever been in New York City during the Christmas time? I have. Uh, In 2015, we went with Jen's sister and her sister's husband I think we were there from like December, like 17th to the 20th, or maybe it's a little bit earlier in the month. New York City at Christmas time is one of the most incredible things I think I have ever experienced. Really? Dude, the, have you ever been? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The light shows. Did you see the coordinated light show outside of the church next to Saks Fifth Avenue? No, I don't think we did. No. They have a, they have a big light display on St. Patrick's Cathedral. And they run through music with this flashing light display that dances Rockefeller center, radio city, music hall, central park. It's all awesome at Christmas. Central park is effing lit anytime. Like I will say anytime. Have you, have you been in New York city when it isn't, isn't Christmas time though? When I was 13. Okay. <laughs> so I, I've also been there when it hasn't been Christmas time and I enjoyed it just as much. Like Central Park was even a little more enjoyable because a little less cold, but it is really cool. Like I thought the Rockefeller Center Rockefeller Center was, was really cool, but it's it's very like trafficy and kind of touristy almost in a way. Like I think I almost rather check out this Christmasville town or Christmas town USA. It's this town, McCaddenville, that changes its name every year and Apparently they just have like a huge light show, one of the biggest, and like just looks like kind of a cool little Christmassy, like a Hallmark town. Kyle, how do you feel about this? Have you been to either one of these places? Are you interested in either one of these places? So I've been to I've been to New York City a couple times. Um, I and that would be my pick. I would choose New York City. I don't want to go to North Carolina. That's really the bottom line there. You don't want to go to North Carolina. No. Why would I wow. want to go to North Carolina? You're, you realize you're shitting on an entire state in, on live internet right now, bud. Yeah, okay, but it's North Carolina. Mr. Scampers could be from North Carolina right now, for all you know, bud. All right, I'm okay. I'm uh, man. That's where NASCAR is from, is North Carolina, bud. So I think you're 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 stepping on a whole sport as well. Your, your roommate's not gonna be that happy either. All right. Well, my mom's from New York City, so how about that? That's I gotta respect fair that. N- yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, that's fair enough. No, I I, I, I like the dedication there. Um, Mr. Scamper saying I'm a Panthers fan. So uh, he hey, might be you from, and Brad. He might be from North Carolina. Yeah, we got some Panthers fans in the chat. Uh, we appreciate th- those Panther fans nonetheless. Uh, Nate, any interest in going to Christmastown, USA eventually? I'll check it out. I mean, I've got a kid now, so like, yeah, he'd probably like it. 
Yeah, I, I was checking out their scene. I was checking out the bars situation there a little bit. Well, see, cool. The other it, thing is, Seth, if you go to New York City, we might get to hang out with our buddy Mike Stoyanov. That's cool. That's true. That's very true. That's very yeah. Okay. I'm I'm in. I'm in. There you yep. go. You convinced me. Good call there. Kyle, we appreciate your efforts here today. Um on uh on Would You Rather, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh I'll redeem myself to the Carolinians real quick. The best peaches I've ever had were uh, from North Carolina. We got them when we were driving through. So (laughs) there we go. Well, Kyle, we appreciate you spreading Christmas cheer to everyone except those folks in North Carolina. We'll we'll see you guys right on the other side of this awesome drop as we round out the show with InScope. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right. In the scope. Nate, let's jump into it. We're going to talk waiver wire and then free agent finds the guys we think you can pick up after the fact, um, after these waivers run. Just want to remind everyone, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. If you are new to the channel, please hit that like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate helping us grow here at IBT. Nate, Quarterbacks here, the mainstream options are Mike White, 13.8% rostered. Scott covered him in in the scope last week. Didn't have a great game here. Um, 300 plus yards, but struggled in the red zone. And then Jared Goff, uh, 29.4% rostered for Jared Goff after some really solid performances from him. Who do you like out of this group and why? I'm probably going to go Jared Goff because we're seeing it become more consistent from him. Uh, Flashes of what we saw at the end of last season again. And this offense has just gotten considerably better. They're winning games. Like Dan Campbell has his team thinking they can make the playoffs, which obviously they can't, but they're they're buying into what he's selling. And I think Goff has played better because of it. Yeah, I think either way, if you're going after these players, they're one-week rentals. Lions are going to have the Vikings this week, and that's a really great matchup for Jared Goff. They've been atrocious against quarterbacks, but then they will have the Jets next week. These teams are actually going to play each other, so... I would pick up Goff if I need a quarterback this week. Mike White is a guy I think you can roster long-term because he does have a nice playoff schedule. Let's move on to running backs here. No, we don't need to give Zonovan Knight any more hype, Nate. We gave it to him last week. And, hey, I'm just going to say this. We had someone come in the chat. He might be here tonight. I can't even remember what his name was. Um, and, and he asked me to learn football. I said, learn football. Zonovan Knight was a nobody. Kyron Williams is going to go off. And while I appreciate that, you know, the pushback and it's all fun at games, Zonovan Knight was a stud this last week, 20 plus touches for him, Nate, super efficient. Kyron Williams was, didn't even score one fantasy point. So I'm just saying, I was waiting to see you here today. I don't think we saw him yet. So I'm waiting for it. Um, You know, fantasy receipts will be after you as well. Thank you very much. Um, So we got Zonovan Knight, James Cook, 25.3% rostered. I touched on him two weeks ago in the scope so hopefully you're able to get him early as well tyler algier 41 percent rostered and then travis homer we've talked about him 0.6 percent rostered out of this group no nate how do you rank these guys so i'm gonna say cook knight homer algier and i know that sounds crazy but tyler algier hasn't done jack shit in the last what three four weeks corderell patterson is the clear running back one as is long he, as- you keep saying that but i feel like he's not at all i feel like 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 you and herms were up here gassing him up over the weekend and he like he let a lot okay. of people down you're actually you're right here okay so algier had 11 carries for 60 
Or no, Patterson had 11 carries for 60. Algier had 10 carries for 52. Okay. So do you want either one of these running backs then? No. I mean, I'll... There's Tyler Algier doesn't have a clear path to even having a ceiling of like a middle RB two. Yeah, he's an RB three. Like that's what that's what Tyler Algier. He's he's an RB three. Um, he's consistent though. He just doesn't get the passing game work. None of these Atlanta running backs do. So I think that's the option. Like in a vacuum, I'm probably going Homer this week if I need a play, and there is no Kenneth Walker or no DJ Dallas. It's definitely Homer this week. Um, Algier could be a long-term roster, but like, you're not going to ever feel good about rolling him out. So that is a good no. point, Nate. I, I, I will back you there. So yeah, it's Zonovan, James Cook, Travis Homer, Algier for us as far as running backs this week, guys. And then Michael Gallup, Donovan Peoples-Jones, they're both around that 44% roster ship uh, percentage. DPJ had a really nice return TD this past week. Michael Gallup, two touchdowns for him. And then Darius Slayton, they're trying to give him the ball. It doesn't always work out, but they're trying, Nate. How do you rank these three? So because Daniel Jones has been considerably better in the passing game the last few weeks, I'm going Slayton, Gallup, DPJ. Reason being, Darius Slayton is the wide receiver one. There is nobody else. It's Darius Slayton, and then it's Richie James. And Isaiah Hodgins as well. Isaiah Hodgins as well. Um, But in Dallas, you've got CeeDee Lamb, then Michael Gallup, but you've also got Noah Brown in there getting some work. Yeah. In DPJ, you've got Amari Cooper. You've got David Bell, who might start to get worked into the offense a little bit more. So, yeah, Slayton Gallup, DPJ for me. Okay. Yeah, I'm – I'm also with you there. Um, and then Evan Ingram, 35% rostered. Um, he's been okay. Like he hasn't been anything to write yeah. home about, but he's been okay. It's hard to kind of – same thing with all these Jaguars. Like it's kind of hard to know when to start him and Zay Jones, I think. And then Greg Dulcich, you've touched on him a lot. Let, I think he led the the Broncos in receiving yards, targets, and receptions last week as well. He did. Uh, I should know more about the Broncos since they are my hometown team, but I'm going to be honest. It's been really nice to not have to watch them and just kind of watching red zone lately. Cause well, let's be honest, it, it's painful, but yeah, I'm not yeah. fucking Broncos. No, I yeah, mean, he, he, had, he had eight targets, six catches, 85 yards. He didn't score a touchdown. I kind of, he's probably the only Broncos player that's startable at this point. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you on that one. If you want to get risky and roll Latavius Murray, you can. But outside of that, um, yeah, Greg Dulcich, he's, he's a name to pick up. Nate, let's get to our in-the-scope targets, So These are the players we think you can pick up after waivers run. Um, and, you know, on, I don't want to toot our own horn, man, but we've like if you've been listening at all throughout this season, we have helped people save fab, whether that was James Cook two weeks ago Mike White last week, like we are trying to look ahead. We're not trying to give you the, the mainstream guys with, with this group of in the scope candidates. Nate, please kick us off here, my friend. So I'm going back to the well of tight ends. I haven't lately. I didn't write about a tight end this week. <laughs> I, I didn't talk about tight ends on Friday. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. feeling tight end starved. And this is actually somebody I wrote about last week. And I don't know why people aren't on him more, but it's Daniel Bellinger. I don't get it. He had a pretty good week last week. I mean, he caught all five of his targets, only 24 yards, 7.4 points. But the dude's coming back from an ocular fracture. We all saw it happen against Jacksonville. It was really brutal. He's going to be a part of – this is a team that's headed towards the playoffs. Before he got injured, 
he was seeing five targets, three targets, three targets, but he was getting red zone work. There's no Sterling Shepard. Kenny Galladay is trash. They got rid of Canarius Tony. Daniel Bellinger is going to be involved in this offense rest of season pretty heavily. They've got, let's see, moving forward here, Philly next week, not super exciting at Washington for week 15. But then they've got Minnesota and Indy in week 16 and week 17. Right as you're in stride in the fantasy playoffs in a position you've been streaming where last week Kate Auden was what, like tight end three or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tight end two. So Daniel Bell, he's 2% rostered on ESPN. That's crazy. That's way It too is crazy. Low. And I don't under I don't understand it. I, five receptions, I think, this week in his in his yeah, comeback, five, too. Five targets, five catches, only 24 yeah. yards. But again, once he gets back into the rhythm of this offense, he's going to start to see those red zone targets and some of the more high value targets again, especially with Galladay not really playing and Canary's yeah. Tony gone. Outside of Saquon and Slayton, he is like he's he's the number three or number two option in the passing yeah. game, in my opinion. Hodgins, Richie James, David Sills, like they're all kind of just a jumbled mess. Hodgins has been better as of late out of that other group. I think Hodgins is also kind of worth a look if you are desperate at wide receiver. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, man, it's crazy. The Giants, like this is what Brian Dable does, dude. Like he makes players relevant. So I really like this call, Nate. I think this is actually one of my favorite in the scopes you've had in a long time. Thanks, man. I like yours too. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go ahead and kick it off here. I'm going to go Chuba Hubbard, and I'm he's right now 14.9% rostered coming into this week. Seattle this week. like This is really, to me, it's a one-week rental with possibly future upside. Seattle this week, the best matchup over the last month for running backs. We touched on that earlier in the show. And the fourth best matchup right now, Seattle, is, is on the season as well. So keep that in mind. Really good matchups this week. 40 and 42% snap share over the last two percent or last two weeks. 17 carries last time out as well. So he outsnapped Foreman against Baltimore uh two games ago. So he does have some potential here, Nate. I don't really love the matchups after this week, but let's face it, like Carolina needs to figure out what this guy is. They have seven picks in the first five rounds of a very RB heavy draft. So they need to figure out what they, they have in him. Maybe they ride him a little more than they have been down the stretch if he shows up here against Seattle. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Like you said, they need to see what they have in him. He was third-round pick last season, fourth-round pick. Third or fourth, yeah. Third or fourth. But fourth. The, there was a lot of talk about Chuba last offseason. He was the man in college, like 2019. Mm -hmm. Everyone loved him. He was their darling, and, and he just kind of fell off after that. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested in Chuba Hubbard here. I think he's a guy, if you need a running back play this week, after waivers clear, go pick him up. I think you can sit on him, and maybe he's something late down the stretch. I'm not sure. Let's see how this week – I mean, if he goes out and drops a 20-burger, you're holding on to him. See what happens next week. Don't play him in your first fantasy playoff matchup. But he could, if he keeps producing, he could be something. So it was at least good to see 17 carries from him. I know it was a really running back heavy game in Sam Darnold's first action, but that's might might be what we see down the stretch here, Nate. It's uh, it's Darnold time, baby. Well, it's gonna have to be run heavy because it's Sam Darnold, and well, he sucks. I was way wrong about him going to Carolina last season. We we have uh, we have Brad here in the chat saying Chuba has terrible hands. A lot of Panthers fans not happy with all the fumbles and drops. Yeah, I. I agree. At, at times it feels like he is a decent pass catcher and other times he makes like very big blunders there, Brad. So he's saying Foreman, or, Foreman is the starter. And I, I'm not arguing that Foreman is not the starter. 
but maybe down the stretch we see a little more Chuba. Just like they got, is this a guy that that could be their change of pace back next year, Chuba, or is he just you know going to get cut next year? We need to figure that out. I think the Panthers need to figure that out. Um, Mr. Scamper saying shout out Chuba, shout out Toronto Dave, yes sir. Um, so all right. So I think that about does it here for us, Nate. Um, if you guys have any more questions for us, just leave those in the comments of this video. Find us on Twitter at between underscore Seth FF at Nate Polvo, and we can answer any questions you guys have for us. Thank you guys so much for all the support, not just tonight, but the rest of the season. Nate, any final thoughts from you, my friend? Make sure you're enjoying yourself as we approach Christmas and the fantasy playoffs. Like it's a, don't forget it's all a game and it's just a holiday. Don't stress yourself out for no reason. Yeah, we're not going to be we're not going to be perfect, guys, whether that's in the holidays trying to impress family or whatever or in the fantasy football playoffs trying to win a chip. So, Nate, I love that message, guys. We will be back on Friday to give you some more feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports analysis. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you then. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 